Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And welcome to the new format of ham radio and other things. Let's get started. We're dialed in, Leah. When are you going to stop calling it new? Now. <laughs> I suppose. This episode. I suppose when Tuesday rolls around and I no longer expect to record the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, I, when I stop waking up in a cold sleep. Tuesday at nine. Go. We forgot to record the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Leah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Big things this week. The kitchen is almost done. Yes, but it's pretty much done. It just has to be. I mean, it's a week behind. Back together and cleaned up. No, I called it. I said two weeks from the beginning. I said it would take Gabriel two weeks after the IKEA people were done. I called it. Yeah. I said that. I said that openly with him in the room. And then what did he say? He's like, uh... Maybe two weeks, but I think one. Gabriel is a, a what do you call that? Six Sigma guy, for sure. Yeah. He, he is yeah. a, what do they call that? Where you over, you over challenge yourself? So if anybody ever does any kind of construction contracts in your home, this, this may not be something that you've ever considered. Hot tips, pro tips. But if you ever write the contracts, mm-hmm. and I actually used to work in, uh, finance for a construction company a full design build architectural mm-hmm. construction company yeah we build into our renovation contracts mm-hmm. a late penalty so we basically say okay how long do you think this is going to take when is your finish date mm-hmm. and then we add time for the contractor mm-hmm. an extra couple weeks okay okay if they do not finish by that date. They lose $100 off of their contract each day. It's not complete. Did you bake that into this one? Absolutely. Did he know that? Uh, he read the contract. So wow. Okay. And it was in the last contract I did with him. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is my standard. And it's funny because I have referred him out to so many people. because He's a solid contractor. Right. He's, uh, you know, he he's is, reliable. He's he is a contractor who knows a lot of people. Yes, and he can get workers. Yes, and the workers that he gets vary in highly skilled to cheaper, but just can get stuff done, like right. just tasks, like getting yeah. stuff done. I I have seen him do a couple projects with us, and every time it's like different people. And mm-hmm. then some of the same people for yeah. like limited amount of time to do something specific and then they're gone. Right. Very, very, Gabriel's an interesting guy. He really is. He's a good guy. I really yeah, do like him. he's fantastic. I'm pretty sure I listened to him have a conversation with a tile contractor today about his infidelity, though. So. Uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So. Was he speaking Spanish? Yes. Didn't realize you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Okay. And I pretty much never let on to the languages that I know mm-hmm. <laughs> to in front of people because I like to silently listen. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that thing. It's very confusing for the people at the Chinese school. I mean. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Very good. I will let everybody know before we kick things off the the campout's still going on. So if you're waiting to hear the Where word, Thomas Mountain, we didn't move. 
it, it didn't get rained out. It it got it rained out, but poured. it it got rained out, but it dried out. It does have snow, but we think the snow is going to be all melted by the time we sure. get there. That's We're not all be wet. going. We're all going to Thomas Mountain. Um, I believe Adam will probably be there before everybody. If there are problems, by we, we mean Adam. <laughs> no, there's we'll we'll all be there. Me no, and Adam. The the chat room on Discord has a lot of people and. We're all going. Uh, so reminder, we're going to be monitoring 146.580. That will be the frequency that we'll be monitoring for people as they make their approach to the to the location. So make sure you have that programmed into your radios. I was in your car today or my car. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But somebody came booming through the radio because mm -hmm. whenever it's you. Fred. And so it's, it's Fred. So the guy goes, it's a five nine here in Cerritos. That's Fred. Oh, he is in Cerritos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. He's like crystal clear. I could just... I'm like he's in the backseat yelling? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm to reach out to that guy in an emergency. Yeah. Just ask for Fred. <laughs> Fred, what exactly is going on out here? Because he's out on... He's on the ham radio all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, back again. Thanks, Leah, for being here as yeah. always. So what's up? What is up? <laughs> you're doing your november antenna giveaway that's right we have the camp out so the the camp out's tomorrow the giveaway is at the end of the month link is in the show notes so that means it's time Leia, would you like to take a test kind of okay that's I why mean, we do it right up front now that's <laughs> Because by the end, I'm like, I'm just going to plow through this. and I don't care if anything makes sense to me anymore. Right. That's right. I am on question six of 35 this week. Mm -hmm. And that question reads, what could be a symptom of a ground loop somewhere in your station? Mm. A, SWR reading for one or more antennas is suddenly very high. B, the, an item of station equipment starts to draw excessive amounts of current. C, you receive reports of a hum on your station's transmitted signal. D, you receive reports of harmonic interference from your station. I was wrong. Mm. The answer is you receive reports of hum yeah. on your station's transmitted signal. Why is that? So a ground loop is where so okay what's the best way to visually i'm going to audibly explain what i'm visually seeing in my head okay everything that connects to your radio including your computer your power supplies anything anything at all microphones even they've got to get some kind of way to get to ground right right and that usually consists of having something in the best situation a bus bar like a big copper plate you know copper you know thin strap of okay. copper and you have ground wires that connect to that copper plate, and then that copper plate connects to a proper grounding system of some kind, a ground okay. rod outside the shack, whatever. A ground loop is where you have multiple grounds that are connected to each other and then to a ground plate. Okay. So if, for instance, your power supply connected to your radio and the radio was using the power supply as a ground and the tuner connected to the power supply and then the power supply connected to the ground plate or whatever – you create almost a um, a part or a cycle where multiple daisy chain devices are connected to ground. That's one way you can get a ground loop. 
Ground loops, however, are actually kind of rare. They almost mm. have to be done specifically to make something like that happen. Oftentimes, the hum is coming from the RF interference that you are creating, although that could be in the form of distortion too. So they do make mention of that in option D. Uh, I am, don't have enough time to go into total detail, and frankly, I'm a little bit out of, uh, out of school on the exact description in detail. There is plenty of documentation online, though, if you'd like to know more about ground loops. But uh, basically, they're not hard to fix if you find that you have one. And the trick to avoid them is to always have a central grounding location for devices to wire to and then to your grounding solution. Okay. There you go. Helpful, Josh. Amazing. What would what could be wrong if you cannot decode a RIDI or other FSK signal, even though it is apparently tuned in properly? Mm. A, you might be listening in on the wrong sideband. B, you may have selected the wrong baud rate. C, the mark and space frequencies may be reversed. Or D, all of these choices are correct. I selected D. All of these choices are correct, and that is correct. That is correct. Yeah, that's. this is one of the few ones where all of those are legitimately why. It's not as rare as you think. What? All these choices are correct is, yeah. is rare in, in the question pool, particularly when you get to general and higher. Really? Yeah. Hmm. What is the name of the process that changes the phase angle of an RF signal to convey information? Information. Mm. Yeah. Informations. <laughs> A, phase modulation. B, phase inversion. C, phase convolution. <laughs> D, phase transformation. And I selected A, phase modulation. And that's correct. I'm glad you got that. Got that. Which of the following describes Badot code? Baudot code? Baudot. Yeah. Named after a person. Are you sure it's not Baudot? Uh, yeah. So it, I believe the person is Badot or Baudot, but it's pronounced Baudot. Well, I then think. it's not named for him, is it? I believe it's a she. Believe it or it's not. It's not named for her, is it? Well, okay. You, you, you ask the question and I'll get the final final. A... A code using error detection and correction. B, a code using cell cal and listen. C, a five-bit code with additional start and stop bits. D, a seven-bit code with start, stop, and parity bits. Nope, it's and a dude. I selected C, a five-bit code with additional start and stop bits, and that is correct. Good for you. So it Thank was Emile Bado or Baudo, or, but it's pronounced Baudot. I mean, if you're on a Wikipedia, it tells you how to pronounce it. It does? Where? Yeah, like right next to the name. No, not in this one. That's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, Boo-boo-doo. Boo-doo. Boo-doo. So it's not Baudot. Well, that's how people say it in the technological sense. But if it's named for him, you have to say it as his name. Oh, interesting. The the Bodu is an early character in coding. So I guess you are supposed to say Bodu. There you code. go. Everybody's learned something today. It's not bad. I corrected someone else's pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Even though my pronunciation of the first part was still not. It's Bodu. 
Not knowing, oh, no. knowing what we know about Wikipedia, though. <laughs> that's somebody that's just on a mission. You know, there are some pages that you're not allowed to edit anymore because people went in and edited it so often. Yeah. Barkev the Great. <laughs> you can't touch that anymore. That's that's locked. And I bet people on Wikipedia are like, why are there people so obsessed with Armenian rulers? Yeah, what what's the deal? <laughs> that's a throwback, guys. <laughs> You're gonna have to go way back way in the archives. Back. I don't even know how far. <laughs> All right, this is question ten. How does a signal that reads 20 dB over S9 compared to one that reads S9 on a receiver, assuming a properly calibrated S meter? A, it is 20 times less powerful. B, it is 100 times more powerful. C, it is, 100 it is 10 times less powerful. D, it is 20 times more powerful. Mm. It is a hundred times more powerful. I got times it wrong. More powerful. Yeah, it is a hundred times more powerful. Yeah, that's my five, right? I think is that was four. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, that's it. That's it? Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. Look at that, barreling through. Somebody's got to go camping. So. <laughs> yeah, I still got to pack the car for the just the simple stuff. Well, thank you, Leah, for continuing to work through yeah, the license exam working so hard and if you'd like to study along with leia we'll have links in the show notes to our favorite study material including gordon west books for technician general and extra links to hamstudy.org our favorite website for practice tests and a free link to audible which is for the fast track to your ham radio license books and they're available i believe technician general and extra yeah. So you can get one for free if you've never used Audible before, and that's a mighty fine book to get for free because it's pretty long and you can get a whole license out of it. So it sounds like a good deal. So links in the description for that. And hey, join the conversation by leaving a review on the Apple podcast for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast because we read them live when we record these and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. We truly do. Leah, we have a first, I think a first time ever, we have a go back on what? a review that we had before. If you remember, I Am Not a Bot, yes. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh -huh. gave us a four-star review. Right. And to recap his review... New format review updated, it says. Oh. This was, I think, the original. Been a listener for a while now. When I, While I enjoyed the six-hour format, I have to say I'm digging the new streamlined format. Yeah, this is a review from last week. I understand. Let me keep going. Yeah. Loading the front end with ham radio content does appeal to me more, but I do miss the hilarity that ensued from you both reading, commenting on all the emails you receive. The only negative I have was the Korean Metro Jingle might go away. So minus one star for that. But hey, here's an idea. What about closing the show with the jingle? If you decide to do that or keep it in some form, I will bump you up a store. Alabama Andrew, KQ4APD. And we had to do it. Alabama Andrew has been through so much. So we did that. He went back in, true uh -huh. to his word, bumped the star and wrote, edit. Thank you for adding the Metro jingle at the end. Chef's kiss for how perfect it adds to the end of the podcast. 
Here is that extra star I promised. Well, thank you. A man of your word. A man of his word, indeed. So thank you for that. We do appreciate it. And I, in fact, uh, really do like the placement of the the metro, the Korean metro station true. jingle, which is still uh, just a fantastic song. Makes me want to go to Korea every time. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? And not just because I love dog books. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> not just. Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go. For I shall fear no man of peace, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Excellent. Well, this is the Ham Radio Crash Course Preparedness Corner. Leah, what do you have in store for us this week? I wanted to talk about the Defense Production Act of 1950. What? Yeah. Okay. You know, where the government can suddenly control the means of production for whatever it uh, feels like is necessary. 1950, you say? Yeah, it's still, uh, I think it was revised in 2018, 2019. Okay. So this actually gives a large amount of power to the government for taking over food production and distribution. Did you know that? Okay. Sure. Have you heard of it? No. I mean, maybe at some portion. Something that was like in a history book sometime that I read. But sure. what are the highlights or what did you want to mention? Well, it was in response to the start of the Korean War. Okay. Right. And the act has been reauthorized for over 50 times. Okay. So wow. here, here is the actual title. And Act to establish a system of priorities and allocations for materials and facilities, authorize the requisitioning thereof, provide financial assistance for the ex for expansion of productive capacity and supply, provide for price and wage stabilization, provide the title for the settlement of labor disputes, strengthen controls over credit. And by these measures, facilitate the production of goods and services necessary for the national security and for other purposes. That's the title. That's the long form title of the. <laughs> That's a lot. Oh, yeah. It's OK. So we actually just had an election, right? Mm -hmm. This is uh, election season is usually pretty fun for me. Election night is usually much partying. OK. Right. Yep. You, uh, you victory party hop for the people that you supported. You do this. I, I stay I do. with the kids. Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one day we could get the kids to stay with my moms and we go. The problem is it's always a Tuesday. Your, your moms? Yeah, I could drop the kids off at my mom's. At but mom. it's okay. always a Tuesday. Yeah, right. During the school year. It's like, right. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. You really want people to get involved in the they process. They got to be old enough to just go to sleep. <laughs> no, you got to put it in the summer on a Friday. <laughs> I guess on a Friday is fine. It doesn't have to be in the summer. It's just right. much more fun. Right. Uh, sure. Okay. So this year or uh, this week, I went to no parties. Right. Because there were no good options. <laughs> We're just stuck in the middle moderates. Anyways, so then somebody started talking, of course, mm -hmm. the 
conspiracy theory oh of, my goodness. of so all many. things, right? Yeah. Like, and somebody brought up the Defense Protection Act. Okay. And when they were describing it to me, I was like, that can't be real. <laughs> okay. It's real. It sounds like it. And still, still in effect. Okay, so the act currently contains three major sections. The first authorizes the president to require businesses to accept and prioritize contracts for the materials deemed necessary for national defense, regardless of a loss incurred on business. Mm. That's like right out the gate. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's your first item yeah. <laughs> of a title that long. Not looking good, guys. And if you don't comply, it's a fine of $10,000 or imprisonment for up to one year or both per violation. Dude. This has to be one of the most unconstitutional things I've ever heard of. Okay. Dude. Okay. The second section authorizes the president to establish mechanisms such as regulations, orders, or agencies to allocate materials, services, and facilities to promote national defense. The third section authorizes the president to control the civilian economy so that scarce and critical materials necessary to the national defense effort are available for defense needs. Okay. And to me, that reads, lo and behold, if we go to war... And we need to feed the soldiers and there is a scarcity of food mm -hmm. you civilians aren't eating. I I mean that's the that's the the lowest level of this. Sure. Right. Can you see anything like that happening without shots being fired? Well, that's the question. Right. So we are constantly talking now about things becoming more scarce. And it's in a lot of ways we're seeing it, right? We're seeing the cost of things go up mm -hmm. literally to, to yeah. the point Literal... and i understand inflation and everything but some of that is actually scarcity okay right sure uh we're in the u.s especially we are so used to being able to not just go out and get what we want or order what we want mm -hmm. but like in a very specific way right like you i don't just want like a spice drawer mm -hmm. organizer. Mm -hmm. I want a spice drawer organizer made of this material in this color. Oh, this, I, you know the, I mean? the variety of options that we right. have available there is, to us is there's staggering. Absolutely no shortage. Right. But what we're seeing is that companies are scaling back what they offer. Mm -hmm. So there's more homogeny in products. Um, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Right. Right. So if it continues to get worse for whatever reason, mm -hmm. right, I think the first thing that's probably going to happen is fuel, like that the first thing that really ends up getting restricted is probably fuel, uh, which right. may be the reason that California is moving to electric cars. California yeah. is not moving to electric cars. They've just said, thou shalt go electric by this date right that's like a goal mm. 
I don't even know that it's a good goal. Mm. I personally don't agree with them doing anything like that. Absolutely not. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, that's not, that's like the government just like beating its chest, right? You, you got to have a market that demands the products for the manufacturers to make the things. No, it's the government overstepping and telling private oh, businesses what they are are and are not allowed to produce. Right. A hundred percent. I'm not disagreeing with you on there. I'm just saying that they're and the, the manufacturers aren't looking at that and going, well, shut down all the factories. They're going to push back at that as long as they possibly can. Right. Mm -hmm. And even then, when they get to the point of it actually being a real thing, which argue I argue is not a real thing right now, they're just going to be like, well, I guess we're leaving California. Exactly. If they're if they don't have, if they aren't already in the business of making a lot of EVs and they can work with the process of switching over, at least in California, then they're just gonna be like, well, I guess we're done here. You're, you're basically telling us we can't do business here. Okay, bye bye. So, do you know about the times that it has been used in the 21st century? No. This act. No. Are you interested to know? Sure. I because mean, maybe it's things that we should prepare for. Uh, yeah, right? Why not? Yeah. Okay. So the California energy crisis. Shut up. In 2001, Bill Clinton invoked a law to enforce gas suppliers to continue to supply Pacific Gas and Electric Company, the largest California energy supplier, with gas regardless of a loss as a result of suppliers shutting off gas supplies due to PG&E's non-payment during the 2000 to 2001 California electricity crisis. Wow. It was later rescinded under Bush's administration, but resulted in the expansion of blackouts in California for several months and PG&E's bankruptcy. So not only was it like a government overreach under this act, mm -hmm. it was also a bailout. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it bailed out PG&E. Right. It was a stay of execution for them because they could slow roll paying. Yes. Which arguably, again, going back to the government shouldn't pick winners and losers. That's an example of them picking a winner. As a byproduct of their uh, legislation, PG&E was able to stay afloat longer than they probably should have. Cyber espionage. Oh. In 2011, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, I'm sorry, invoked a law to enforce telecommunications companies under criminal penalties to provide detailed information to the Commerce Department Bureau of Industry and Security on the use of foreign manufactured hardware and software in the company's networks as part of the effort to fight Chinese cyber espionage. That's, that's a real thing, by the way. I, I know. No, like the, <laughs> the, the manufacture of counterfeit goods that gets slipped into like... Mm -hmm what like hp right mm -hmm. they can get things slipped in that will perform espionage wow Count, uh, counterfeit gear getting put into devices that are of uh, accepted you know manufacture so still somebody mm -hmm. if somebody builds a gaming computer all off of pieces they got from aliexpress <laughs> And then also use their gaming computer to do their remote work. Oh, yeah. Or some. Well, uh, assumption would be that, well, hmm, no. Uh, I'm assuming the information that would potentially be coming in in that, in that example would be less. No, it still would be bad. Yeah, that's possible. 
So our $60 laptops. <laughs> I, I imagine I won't be doing any work on a $60 laptop. Real work. Like my work, my job work. Right. But I'm saying, is it possible that they made these $60 laptops so that they would have mass They're just penetration? SP-DOS machines? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Josh, what have you done? What have I done? Uh, COVID-19 panoramic. In um, 2020, during the outbreak, uh, President Trump issued an executive order that defined ventilators and protective equipment as essential to national defense and the standard required by DPA. Later that day, uh, later he indicated that he would not make an immediate use of PDA authority, writing, hopefully there's no need, and he would only do so in the worst-case scenario. Which then, then happened. Uh, less than a week later, mm-hmm. he issued an executive order classifying health and medical resources necessary to respond to the spread of COVID-19 as subject to the authority granted by the DPA to prohibit, to prohibit hoarding and price gouging. Then in April, he invoked DPA to require 3M, General Electric, and Medtronic to increase its production of N95 respirators. We order you to work more. Yes, you must produce these even if they it is a massive loss. Even if it kills your people. Yes. Uh, Then in December, uh, he said that he would invoke DPA to produce vaccine doses, but he didn't actually do that. Okay. Biden, President Biden. Mm hmm invoked the Defense Production Act on his second day of office to increase production of supplies related to the panoramic. Wow. Uh, Then again, um, a couple of months later, to supply equipment to Merck facilities needed to safely manufacture Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Wow, what a good turnaround (laughs) on that one, on the investment. That's also picking winners and losers. Seriously. Johnson yeah. Johnson was like the the worst propped thing. up so by the government, up. obviously, yes. and now like widely regarded as completely ineffective. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not convinced it wasn't just full of no more tears. Yeah, <laughs> but they sold this idea that you wouldn't need a booster, right? It was a one and done shot, and so that's what made people go and get it. And it's like one. And you're still not done because it didn't work. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, everything we know about viruses, like what makes you think you get one and then you're set? Like, oh, we'll, we'll issue a firmware update. What do you mean? Well, you put nanobots in my blood? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what is that? What, what are you talking about? Uh, in 2021, President Biden invoked DPA to supplement the supply of fire hoses uh, because of the unusually high occurrence of wildfires. In California? In the country. I don't know. A Virginia-class attack submarine. What? Uh, in, <laughs> in December of 2021, President Biden invoked the DPA to scale production of and provide parts needed for labor and training in support of the Virginia-class attack submarines. Okay. That seems We're... like an odd thing to 
do when we're not in wartime? Well, I mean, we're technically... What what happened that yeah. caused him to be like, I need some submarines I need now. Subs now. And now. Right now. What was happening in December of 2021? That's like that definitely seems like wartime action or wartime preparation. Oh, for sure. I mean, we we know, I mean, everybody knows that like Russia out outships us like by mm-hmm. a huge amount. Sure. And predominantly, they're in the form of submarines. And they're all chilling in the Arctic Circle. They're Literally. Just... Yeah. <laughs> and so the um, we're out we're outclassed in that area in the in the sheer sense of numbers. I'm not saying in technology or anything along those lines. Oh, and you say it was to get ready to fight probably... for the no. in, in the inevitable. I would never now say... that we know. What happened to you? You will never, you will never hear me say something along the lines of, "I'm buying this gun, so I'm ready to to go f- to a fight." <laughs> I'm gonna custom make this gun, <laughs> so I'm ready. I'm ready for the fight that's coming. Right. right. I, I don't talk that way because that's like. But you're talking like, about ordering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, a business to I do that not, in I am non-war not, times. At no time will you hear me defend Biden or Trump, for that matter, in anything that they Fair. do. I'm just giving you context of why someone might want more submarines in the United States. Well, there th- it is. Three months later, President Biden invoked the DPA. I've got two more instances after this. That he, we're just and we're, that was we're in this year now, right? Okay, <laughs> and that and that petition was to have a submarine party <laughs> red solo play, cuffs he, he ordered the solo cup right he, he wanted to play a game of submarine joust yeah and he's like i need all the cat cups that's right <laughs> that's, uh, divert all your production to cat cups please <laughs> submarine pong yeah <laughs> they shoot dummy torpedoes at tor- uh, towers of cat cups uh the he invoked the DPA to increase production of mi- minerals necessary for the clean energy transition in the U.S., including lithium, nickel, cobalt, graphite, and manganese. That's probably use... a byproduct of the Chinese manufacture of batteries. Yeah, uh, large capacity batteries for energy storage and electric vehicles. That's some pretty big balls, though, to petition the planet to make more lithium. <laughs> That's the production of minerals. When did be the processing of minerals? The production. Like, yeah. No, I mean, Earth. they mean they, <laughs> <Earth>. <laughs> they mining, of course. Yeah. So you're talking about mining, but that's kind of, that was my joke, is it? The procurement of yeah. minerals. No, it's the, okay. you have to produce it, right? Because yeah. you, you've got to dig it out and then you got to, you can't just take it in its raw form, right? And throw it in a battery box. Two months later. <laughs> oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? Uh, President Biden invoked the act in response to the infant formula shortage, requiring manufacturers to prioritize fulfilling orders of formula ingredients to key suppliers before fulfilling other orders. Uh, feed the babies, I guess. This is this is literally a tool <laughs> to do what to just to to tell people to do whatever. Basically, provide all the promises you made during the election series. Like, it's wild. That is not good. A month later. Shut up. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. And actually, so if uh, if I'm looking at this, 
um, this list they're of instances with milk. They like milk. That's good. In the 21st century, and I understand, you know, it's we're not that far into the 21st century, <laughs> but before uh, before President Biden. In the 21st century, it was only enacted three times. Okay. That's nuts. And then <laughs> when President Biden took office, which again, not that long ago. Why don't you losers use this? This is amazing. <laughs> you can do anything I want. Six times. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, but so the, the most recent time was in June. Mm-hmm. It was a month after. Uh, the baby formula shortage. Green energy. President Biden invoked the DPA to celebrate. Celebrate. <laughs> That's where you quickly. Oh, we bring the submarine back. <laughs> We're back to the submarine party. <laughs> Accelerate. <laughs> Domestic production of green energy technology. Mm-hmm. This is how the administration responded to the growing energy costs caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The invocation came along with the tariff exemption on solar panels from Cambodia, Malaysia, Thailand, and Vietnam. That's also what? an attack on China, I guess. Now I'm gonna now that I got all this milk, I'm gonna petition the mothers <laughs> to to produce more babies. So here here is the technology. Solar energy, transformers, electric grid components, heat pumps, insulation, electrolyzers, fuel cells, and platinum group metals. So there you go. It was a very long uh, visit to the corner, but uh, I hope that was interesting. That is wild. For everybody who's uh, at all worried about government overreach. Well, you you always have the the presidential, you know, what do they call them? Where they they make an edict or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, what? That's literally them. It's an executive order. The executive orders are, are they don't have a lot of power behind them, right? It's but true. That's um that's way more than that. I know. That's that's nuts. Wow. This whole time we thought we were living free, guys. Yeah. Well, okay. Moving on to the show topic. <laughs> so the show topic. All right. So today's discussion for today is go on to the show. The topic of today's show is gentlemen. Let's get down to business. We're going to be talking about capturing the contact and the moment. Wow. This is so emotional of a topic for you. No, not emotional, but it's uh, it's technologically advanced where we are now in the world of amateur radio. And if we go back to that, the hallowed days of the beginning of amateur radio, we didn't have the internet, right? We didn't even have long-distance calls, really. Radio was one of the ways people made contacts with each other. Mm-hmm. And that was the foundation of the QSL card, the little postcard size, you know, card that basically documents the date and time, the call sign of the person that you made a contact with, the Mm -hmm. RST, which is the received signal strength, as well as other pertinent info and often little comments saying, hey, great to, you know, work a contact with you. Just a nice little postcard that acknowledges receipt of that contact over the air. Why did we do it that way? Well, we had to, right? There was no other option. Fast forward to the invention of the internet. People still use QSL cards. They're a fun 
I would say more of a novelty than anything. They're not used to prove that you made a contact with anybody. Mm. Because now with personal computers, people can just log all of that info on their computer. In fact, that's what I do when I make contacts with people. I type it into my computer. And if I want to later, I can type in anybody's call sign and I can see a list of every time we made a contact. Right. Then I can even go a step further and I can print out a label that gives me all the signal strength readings, the dates, the times, everything, prints it out on a label. I can stick that on a QSL card okay, along with the address of the individual, throw a stamp on it, and out the door you go. Yeah, I was a... I don't even write things down. Anymore. Bob's your uncle. I don't write anything down. That's not... And some have actually commented, like, that is so unpersonal for you to print a label and just send it. <laughs> Would it be so more impersonal. impersonal not to send one at all? Right. It's, <laughs> you know, sure. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the L. What's changed, obviously, is is not so much that we're gonna do our QSLing this way, but it's something to think about. Is the world of audio formats and the size of memory, or the cheapness of memory, has gone up considerably, and the factors of our radios and the features and technologies they have in them have allowed for us to just record most of our QSOs if we want to. Right. My all of my radios that I use on a day to day basis have the capability for me to push a button and them to just record the contact both sides. It's like a ham radio personal assistant. Right. And separate the transmit from the receive so that I know, you know, at a certain time, at a certain date, I was making this contact. Right. And I can pull it up. And in fact, I've used this in the past when when I'm scrolling around and I hear some ham getting saucy on the air i just record all the stuff they're saying and then i'll use it in a future song that i decide to put <laughs> it's just hilarious clips of audio that i have i don't think your music sounds angry enough i think you might need to overlay it over metal oh my new song is which much more aggressive it's about a guy that lives in canada and talks about shooting people as the american way burning down apartment buildings wow just talking about a cop that like dirty cop who's also a ham like it's it's yeah there's a lot going on in this this new song that i've been working on (laughs) (laughs) he's a piece of piece of crap uh anyway so i'm not advocating we replace qsl cards at all i still love qsl cards i still do them although rarely and i'm way backed up and i apologize for everybody who's waiting for one you will get one i promise eventually but it's also really helpful sometimes to record your QSOs. And I can think of a couple of reasons. And for the ones that are already doing this aspect of ham radio, you're probably already aware of this. Satellite contacts. Satellite contacts happen so fast and furious that you don't have time to type anything down. So people use audio recorders. In fact, I have one right here, Leah. This is a Sony audio recorder. Did you just get that? No, I've had this for like over a year. Sony audio can recorder. I have it? No. <laughs> I can get you one though, and, and I'll explain why as we go along. It has two external microphones, just like that, but it also has a line in and a line out. Phones need this technology again, so you can in a yeah a single party yeah state sure, but I guess you could still use it just for evidence or whatever. But here's the advantage of this: on a ham radio, you plug in the microphone side to the output of your radio, okay, and then you put your headphones into the headphone side. That's nifty. so it's literally an inline recorder. Wow. This is like 40 bucks on Amazon. Nice. And it takes a memory card. It takes a AAA battery. Don't actually get me one. But here's the, well, hold on. (laughs) Hold on. You ready? Okay. (gasps) 
That's a USB port. That's internal. So you can just shove it into something. It's got a dongle. It's got a. It's got its own dongle, and it's like forty. Is bucks. that a dongle? Or is it just happy to see me? The whole thing is a <laughs> dongle. If you, think about it. if you get right down to it, this qualifies as a dongle because it is. It, it has its own USB port. Now, satellite guys, this makes a lot of sense, but for YouTubers or people who YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, or just making a video for your your club or putting some slides together for your club. If you've watched any of Gordon West's um, short shots he does on the Ham Nation, you've seen him play audio recordings, right? Of, of right. different events that are interesting to him in amateur radio. He recorded those on tape. We he literally get Gordon one of these. He literally has an inline tape player that he uses and he swaps tapes out when he's doing the Ham Nation episodes because it's just easy oftentimes to just have a tape queued up to the particular thing and he'll swap out three tapes and he's done, right? Um, all of this is possible with computers, right? We have the capability with different audio recording software like Audacity, uh, GarageBand on Mac OS. There are multiple DJ or, you know, music creation softwares that will do the same function, right? And you can actually kind of make some fun stuff with it after. But these have all kinds of interesting values from the point of like just hanging on to important things. So maybe you're going after a de-expedition contact or you end up making a contact with a really rare DX station. Most of our radios, it's fast enough now to just click a button and you're recording that immediately. So not only will you have the proof of the contact in the QSL form of the card you may get from that station, but then you could also have an audio recording. Mm. If you want to use this as a demonstration piece, let's say you go out and do a soda. Well, just turn on the audio recorder and have it sitting next to the radio and it's ambient or it's, you know, it's internal microphones can record you and the station that you're talking to. And it's an extra little piece of flair um, for making content, whatever the content that you're making. And that's always really valuable. Plus, uh, for you CW operators, if you're new in CW, record all the received contacts, the received call signs, and then you can, on the back end, if you have a hard time with any one of them, you can go back and decode the call again after the fact there you go. to make sure your log is uh, up to date and good. That's nifty. Last but not least... We now live in a day and age where you can just live stream any of this audio anytime you want. Right. Broadcastify is a online radio, basically, radio station system where number of repeaters just have a Broadcastify connection directly to it. And it's always broadcasting whatever the repeater's hearing. So we've gone past the point of just locally recording, but actually streaming to the internet via the simple technologies that we all have available over free software and really cheap technology like this little Sony recorder and obviously what your radio is already capable with. So just consider that reminder that, hey, maybe the next time you go do an activation, turn that recorder on and who cares if you fill the memory card up, you can just format it later or often it will just kick out the oldest recording and make a new recording. Mm -hmm. So why not use it? There's no reason not to have the feature turned on and at least try it out. Awesome. So there you go. It's really going to help simplify some people's lives there. Well, I think it'll add value. Yeah. Lower the stress. Hmm. Indeed. What's happening? The staircase has changed. Remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to the email correspondence tower. 
I must apologize as we start to enter into the grounds that makes up the tower. We're going to pass the shipping and receiving department. I did not go there this week. Got cobwebs. I'm it's, just kidding. It could be. I don't know if there's something <sighs> waiting for us. I apologize if there is. I have not had the time with everything going on in and around the kitchen remodel, but uh, thank you anyway. I did frame it. Charlie's uh, oh, prints. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Where are they? Well, you, you'll just have to find them. Okay. Great. <laughs> I'm looking around. Don't see them here. They're out of my office. Okay. They're, I put them somewhere we could both enjoy. The toilet. What? <laughs> I would it's never. in the restroom. No. Not in the toilet. I don't mean like that. I mean. Mm. The British toilet. The loo. Is what I should... The water closet. I didn't do that either. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we're going to enter into the uh, the voicemail annex. Leah, do we have any voicemail? We absolutely do. Okay. I'm going to take it away. You're going to take it away. Hey, everyone. This is uh, WX0MK Mike here in Minnesota. Hey, Mike in Minnesota. And, uh, Josh, I got to call you out. Uh-oh. You said Nathan Fillion was not in Dr. Um, Horrible Sing-Along blog. He absolutely was. He absolutely I... was. You had Felicia Day, the damsel in distress. You had Nathan. I know he was. Uh, he's the. He's kind of like the bad guy. Neil Patrick Harris, who was Doctor uh, Horrible. Horrible. And then you had Nathan Fillion, Captain Hammer. Yeah. Well, you know, if I hammer, it's Hammer time. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go any further. It's <laughs> not kid friendly. Uh, I've watched that only a couple times. So. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, he is definitely in Doctor Horrible sing along vlog. But that was one of the things that came out of the writer's strike. Not necessarily, you know, big production necessarily, but it was with big names. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, but um, I'm 100% with uh, Leah. I love Nathan Fillion. He's amazing. Just his charisma. That, that I like him in everything. Just has that. I, I, enjoy I liked him better when he was Bruce Campbell. Him, even though he may not be that great or that big of a name, I just love his style, I guess. So, uh Thanks, guys, for the great podcast, as always. 7-3. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. I know Nathan Fillion is in Ms. Dr. Horrible. So if I said that wrong, that was totally not intended. I, I'll take the, the correction. But I do know he's in it, of course. So Nathan Fillion is probably the best dramedy actor. Um, I mean, I see him as he, – he is close to being, like, show tune – ready like sci-fi show tune he's that guy he's like a joss whedon anything is is a nathan fillion he's got just the right amount of camp you know oh yeah 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 Yeah. i love that i love that he but so did you you saw slither did i yeah slither is like such a good movie when we passed we passed i usually watch it like every halloween i love it he's the he's the main character he puts a sheriff that checks out and the guy who plays Mel from uh, Walking Dead. Okay. He's the villain, basically. That's so good. It's such a good movie. So good. You know, the there's a show on... Um, I, I really do like, like dramedies. I don't remember if he's Mel or not, but yeah. There is a show called Acapulco. Which is like super campy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you speak any Spanish at all, if you like any kind of uh, almost telenovela show, mm-hmm. uh, Acapulco on, um, I want to say it's Apple TV. 
is hilarious. It's well done. It's all feel good. Trouty mouth is in it. So Michael Rooker was the name I couldn't remember. Always plays a good villain character. Can you show him to me? Michael Rooker. All right. Well, I'm going to look gonna, him up on your iPad. I'm going to move on to the next voicemail. Thank you so much, Mike. Hey, Josh and Leah, this is WX0MIK here again. Welcome back, Mike. Um, I was just listening to the new format. Um, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but it is listening to her test. But uh, one thing I want to point out about Audible, and I don't know if maybe you have a little bit different information than I do, but the last I knew, even with a free trial, once you quote-unquote buy the book, um, you own that book. Correct. I just uh, turned off my subscription uh, for a while again with Audible because I had many, many credits. And uh, I um, I can listen to those books whenever I want because I have bought them. Uh, so that is a book you own. You can uh, subscribe, not do anything else. And you can cram for months if you wanted yep. to. Yep. If that's cramming. That's true. But you get my point. Um, so I just want to pass that along that I believe you own that book and you right. still have access to it. Uh, maybe someone else can fact check that to be 100% certain, but at least from my experience, that's what it is. Uh, so just thanks, Josh and Leanne, for all uh, those great podcasts. And uh, I may send an email in the new format. We'll have to see. Uh, this is wx 0 my case. Appreciate it. And I have to revisit my Audible account because I have a bunch of points. I need to either spend them or turn off my... Can you give them to me? Uh, maybe. I might be able to. I might be able to gift you. So I, I, I think drive, Mike is right. I don't right. drive anymore. So mm -hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't drive nearly as much as I used to. I was cranking through audiobooks. So Mike is correct. I think the way that Audible works is that you get a credit for one audiobook a month. Um, you can have more, but that's the base, yeah. Right. And you, once you use that credit... It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the ways <laughs> I canceled um, my Audible when I don't do a lot of driving and then I just kind of like reactivate it <clears throat> when I know I have a period of time where I'm really trying to learn about something. Mm -hmm. And I think that like the way that you're really supposed to use Audible is that you compare what that credit cost you against what the cost of just buying the book outright is. <laughs> because it's well, certain... not, it, it's an Audible, it's an audio book. Right, but you can buy an Audible book. You can buy an audio book without buying it with Audible credits. Sure. Right? I, I'm, I'm almost positive it's never cheaper to just buy the book. And many times... It is. I, the audio, the yes, audible credit? Yes, so I would compare before I would really? commit to that. Wow, yeah. you are... Because I want to save money. That's that's what I like. So, but the, um, the audible promo that we have in here is for people who don't have audible. Mm -hmm. I, we can't give you a, a credit for free for a book <laughs> um, if you are already with audible. So... Okay. I think actually if you haven't, you don't have to be brand new to Audible. You can just have not been on Audible for a year Okay. and then still get it. But you'd have to. The next free credit. Yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. All right. 
Continental we're not giving you though. hot like gaming audible tips here. Right. We're just... I mean, I am. Hey, Josh and Leah, listening to your podcast again, and you were talking about um, roles within like clubs and to make sure things can kind of last. Um, you know, like making sure that. Well, I have an example. We'll use, just use an example. Um, our local club, uh, when I first became an extra, immediately I was after the, getting the AWRL, uh, VE, you know, the whole thing there to make sure I could help out with the local club. Very cool. You know, I talked to the quote-unquote person in charge and uh, VE lead, I guess, team lead. Um, but, hey, you know, I, I want to learn. I, I want to, uh, you know, look, learn how, how to do this with my ulterior motive necessarily being he's old. I mean, he's not going to be around forever. They're going to need some new blood in there. I love to be that new blood. Okay. And so I was hoping to learn how they do things. And, you know, after they're gone or can't do any more <laughs> whatever, <laughs> then bring in the more modern whole process of doing things. Yeah. So I talked to him and I said, hey, you know, I'd love to do this. And his answer was a flat out, we have three VEs, that's all we need for our <gasps> sessions, and kind of shut it down. That is not nice. And I told him, like, well, hey, if you ever need someone, let me know. I can try to make it. And I kind of left as that. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of sort of half side conversation. This is how There's new ham clubs get formed, to, by the way. Yeah, you know, they, <laughs> exactly. they don't really need me uh, normally, but I am also VE as well. But I, you know, they call me once in a great while. Well, this was as we were getting out of COVID when I talked to him. And I will say now our local club or local VE team has not had a test at all yet this year. <gasps> no. Now, if you look at the calendar, we're in November. And there's been several people that are like, you know, you know when we're having our local test, I want to do my upgrade, get my license, whatever. And like, you know, there really isn't anything. And I was like, you know what? Contact me. I can get you in touch with the right people, also known as the HRCCPE team. Right. And yeah. uh, we'll get you a test schedule. Yeah. And or get you access to another HRCC test that's already uh, mm -hmm. being scheduled. And whether some of these people have done it or not, I don't know. They have not. They have reached out to me, though, uh, about that. And I point them to different resources, different locations. Or that if that doesn't work, let me know. We'll schedule a time. So. Uh oh. Hey, this is WX Zero on my day again. Uh, apparently, <laughs> I timed out the repeater. Um, anyway, where I was going is, so I, I haven't done it yet. I need to talk to the club president. Not to, to uh, step on the toes of the existing team but just to see his thoughts first about starting a, another local team. Right, right. I yeah. would purposely not schedule it during the times when we would normally have a quote-unquote club team, and I would not be affiliated to the club in any way, but start my own team so that we can uh, have more regular testing. That's a fantastic local idea. Local testing, yeah. maybe. Solve the problem. Team, mm -hmm. Build a team. But at the very least, do online testing so I can get more of that leadership or a lead uh, experience with that. Sure. Um, yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll find out exactly what happens from there. 
But, um, yeah, I, I am very aware of duplicity, and uh, some people just don't get it, I guess, especially this guy. So I'm not going to step on his toes, but I'm going to go around him so that when he, no one can do it, I can step in and say, well, actually, I can take the, take the lead. So thanks, Josh and Lane, for the great podcast, as always. Thank you uh, for listening. Three, and my Thank you. Uh, you're you're absolutely doing the right thing. I, I think you're doing it in the best possible way you can. You're, you're, you're going to talk to the club president and just be like, heads up. Um, I've noticed that there isn't a lot of VE events that the club is holding. I tried to reach out to yeah. join the VE team and, uh, and help to coordinate. I don't think that I'm really wanted for whatever reason. And that's I'm not taking offense to that. I just right. I, I just. I got no traction. I was told no. So I'd like to create my own um, spinoff group. I won't step on your toes. I won't use your dates. Right. You know, and, and and this isn't, by the way, this isn't you asking. This is you saying you're going to do this. <laughs> right. This is just an FYI, right? You're just giving an FYI. See, the thing that ends up happening in volunteer organizations is that people get burnt out. Right. They and, get burnt out, but they're, they're unwilling to let go either. Right. They want to continue to get whatever good feels right. they, they get want all or those... sense of purpose mm-hmm. that they get from volunteering, but they don't really want to do the heavy lifting anymore. Right. Right. And that just, that doesn't really work in volunteer organizations because the volunteers are the workers. Right. There's not someone you're kicking it down to. Right. You are the guy. Right. You know, or girl, mm-hmm. woman, man, whatever. You could say the person, but oh, yeah. right. hey, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I tell people what to do in volunteer situations. <laughs> this I, I was realizing this when I was at the Cub Scout meeting today that... Um, I, you know, I'm an assistant den leader and I was told that I could attend the committee meetings if I wanted to. Right. But it wasn't a requirement as an assistant den leader. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, solid. I'm not going to come. Right. <laughs> right. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just going to keep on doing this thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's fine. Right. But then, <laughs> yeah, there are like there are people that are motivated to do those things because they want to do that. Great. Yeah, I, have the meetings. It's fine. Yeah. Not me not going to the meetings has not impacted my ability to do the role. Correct. Right. Right. Uh, but then he's like, "Hey, could you actually hop on to the next meeting? Uh, because I've been telling them all the things that you're doing." <laughs> what? <laughs> And then I'm like, could it be done through an email? And this is exactly why I am not actually like in a in a cabinet position for right. the pack. Like this is not something I'm willing to take on right now. Mm-hmm. I'm I my plate is overflowing. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I stepped in because they absolutely needed the help. Right. And I I'm also not somebody who will take the volunteer work of others and not also give back. Like, I mean, the kids are in a lot of organizations that require a lot of parent involvement, Mm -hmm. right? 
And if it's parent run, then I absolutely have to volunteer at some point in time Mm -hmm. because otherwise I didn't do my part. It's like you didn't recoup the cost. No, not not about. Or you didn't pay back the balance you accrued. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I I said it the wrong way. Yeah. So, so I'm absolutely willing to help Mm -hmm. because I know that the organizations cannot continue. And honestly, shame on anybody who's not willing to like volunteer or donate money for parent-run organizations that their kids are like reaping the benefits. Oh, from. sure, for sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, 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 right. It's like you want your kid to have all these cool things, but you're not going to put in the time to make sure that some of these things happen. It's, it's just not very nice. I, I would go also a step further and say, it's fine if you don't want to participate. But if your kids are getting benefit out of it and you don't pay or, or donate because you kind of don't like how things are run, yeah, that's not an out. Right. They then, still then, benefited. Yeah. Then like leave the organization then. Leave the organization or step in to change the way it's run yeah. in a way that you see fit. But if Absolutely. you're unwilling to do that, then just say, mea copa, give them some money and move on with your life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I think what... Mike is seeing at his club mm-hmm. is somebody who's probably been in the role for way too long. It's probably a combination of many people that have been in the role way too long. And people have a tendency to once they master something, they try not they want to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But there are things that are like meaningful to them. Right. Or something that gives them a lot of uh, satisfaction, attention, appreciation right. that they don't want to let go of. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're not willing to do the work, you should get out of the way. Right. I agree. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Well said. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Oh, um, there is uh, one more voicemail from Mike. Okay. Hang on. Mike. Hey, Josh and Lance. This is WX0 and Mike Gay for the third time in one day. Uh, but I'm listening to your go. podcast. And pretty recent. So, hey, bonus. <laughs> um, you were just talking about um, the person who uh, was told on the radio that Oda should not be using the work bands. And uh, I have a really simple answer to that. You tell the person uh, that thank you for your opinion. Thank you for your opinion. I do not control the rules. (laughs) And you may take that up with the Parks in the Air organization if you have issues with people using the work bands. But as the rules are stated today, I am allowed to use them. And I will continue to use them until I'm told otherwise. And you leave it at that. Actually, I would probably call CQ right after that or uh, QRZ or whatever and continue on, not really giving them the chance to rebut because, I mean, it's nothing that he can that person control or that I can control. So I'm just going to continue following the rules as, as it is stated, assuming I'm not, like, on top of a DX or, you know, I'm not interfering with anyone else. I am going to keep calling CQ on that band. Um, very I'm, simple. I'm sure that will and, solve all the problems. Um, <laughs> when you're on 80 meters, Positive. 
you tend to learn quite a bit about uh, how to deal with certain types of people. Yeah, yeah. stand your ground. And, uh, <laughs> well, I have, I have not myself done it. Just well, a conflict I like to avoid, and b uh, the the big guns, uh, the ones with the big amps, are the ones who jump in immediately and start uh, taking care of it. In most cases. <laughs> So uh, thanks uh, again for the podcast, as always. And this is WX0, MIK, 7-3s. I mean, I think that's really diplomatic, the way that you phrase that. It's very diplomatic. It won't solve the problem, but yes. But are the bands so busy that you can't just slide over? The work bands in particular are like always just a ghost town most of the time. So Who cares? (laughs) Nobody cares. There are some people who would rather see the bands empty than being used by people in a way that they don't like. Or a way that they don't use them. Right. Yeah. Which is, I would argue is pretty much one and the same, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> On to the next voicemail. Good day. This is Kilo One, Mike Alpha Zulu, Nathan, hey, Nathan. in Southern Vermont. Hello. I just wanted to leave a quick voicemail instead of doing a uh, a lottery email. So um, <laughs> I just want to say, I'll give a little POTA report. I, for as much I, as I talk about POTA and other stuff like uh, in songs and, I do miss songs. and otherwise, um, I don't actually do POTA as much as I want to. So I actually went to a park that is closed. What? Um, don't trust broke that. for the season don't in, in Vermont. It turned out it was a guy's house um, <laughs> where they charge you to go in. So it's usually like four or five dollars. They close it, but allow people to go in if they park outside the park. They can walk in. It's called uh, Lake Shaftesbury State Park. It's mm-hmm. Kilo Three One. Gave you the Shaftesbury Two Eight. It's in Vermont, <laughs> and it was I believe November third. So I wanted to, like a, a kind of a laid back, easy. Uh, activation. So what I did is I just hunted other um, POTA activations. So instead of actually calling CQ, I just did park to park. Did 20 contacts, probably 20 an hour and a half. Took my time to listen, park to park? Keep people's that's, uh, that's not that. conversations that's good. go around. It was uh, pretty easy, um, not very loud. Uh, He's in S, Vermont, though. I don't know what the last level was, but I could easily and hear people. And it's cold right now. Um, I even got a <laughs> station, I don't know, which I usually don't um, clearly get Texas stations, and I think they were lower Wow, Verm- so I, Vermont I know, to very, Texas. It was nice. Um, and so I just did 20 contacts. It was about like 65, 70, um, sunny, oh, that's good weather. a little bit of shade. Okay. I actually made some videos. Short videos, uh, nice. YouTube shorts for nice. my Southern awesome. Vermont radio YouTube channel, and randomly, one of the first videos I put up got like one point four thousand within like I don't know twenty minutes. Wow! What's special about it? it was actually the least uh, edited video I put up, so very weird. Other ones got like ten, twenty views, so it's, it's weird. YouTube is weird. So YouTube this is Kilo is One weird, Mike Alpha Zulu. I don't want to um, time out the repeater. So seventy three. This is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu saying, "Hold on, my peeps." 
<laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Nathan, you got to get on TikTok. If you're making YouTube shorts, yeah, you should just repost them on TikTok. Just like, take it, the same video and repost it. Take that same video, repost it on both Reels and um, and TikTok. Mm-hmm. I will mention too, um, Nathan. Not to say, I mean, it's not really a lottery for the emails. It's not. It's not. Um, if you make a song, I'm gonna say probably odds are good. Yeah, you're making it on, and that goes to anybody. That's sure. not like you know. Yeah. If, if you if you go above and beyond, I'm not saying that that's like. I know it sounds a little kind of mean the way I'm saying it, I guess. But if you put in like a bunch of extra effort, you're, you're probably gonna be on the. Show. I don't know why you're saying that because you don't pick the emails. I know the person who does. And I'm <laughs> guessing that if a song came in, you'd you'd read it. Yeah, odds are very good. The odds are in your favor. <laughs> but you literally never know week to week you what the selection know. criteria will you be. You never know. But Sometime, no, I feel like we'd still play time, it. Even if it was the next week or something like that, it would get played. It has to get played. First I, time, it, sometimes it's FIFO. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we talked about FIFO versus what was a uh, uh, LIFO. LIFO. <laughs> Sometimes it's uh programmers care about these things. Yeah. <laughs> uh sometimes it's me going through all the emails. If it's a if it's very email heavy week, mm -hmm. I would probably go through and select. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes I just just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. Use the popomatic trouble. This is determine the number of. Use the magic eight ball. <laughs> it says, "Don't read that email." It says, "Ask me again later." I need to know now. I'm making the podcast now. All right, and this is the last voicemail. I hated the magic eight ball. Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu. Hey, I Nathan. promise this will be quick. I just have a quick question. Oh, questions. All right. Um, for Josh, as a as you are a person that I know, I don't know, we the don't person know. I know of that buys the most radios or has access <laughs> to the most really radios. You really do buy too many radios. Um, this is a good point, Nathan. That's of what I know. N5SKT. In, in your experience, mm -hmm. do ham radio, like an actual, like, say, base station or QRP radio, do they ever have, like, actually a good or adequate Black Friday sale, yeah. or is it usually like Great normal question, thing where Nathan. it's more of like an HT or something like that, where it's mm -hmm. Black Friday sales. Mm -hmm. um, I know, um, I'll give you an example of like, say a 705. They, the 705 doesn't currently have any like rebates or anything that the 7300 and other radios might benefit from. Right. And it's at like 1300 $49 or something like that and most of the retailers mm -hmm. in the U.S. 1349 yeah. Um, and like say last year for almost the whole year it was down to 1299 or something like that. No, so it's different to like 50 so bucks. the question, Nathan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, it, are usually the big, bigger ICOM or the more popular ICOMs don't usually have those kind of sales, like they're locked in or something. I'll, have, so, I'll tell you. I don't know. That was my question. Okay, good. Great question. I love the question. Do you benefit from buying a radio or waiting <laughs> for a Black Friday? Something like that. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll keep it quick. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm done. So, <laughs> Kilo and Mike, I'll do it out. That was great. Okay. 
Were you going to say something? I was going to say that it may depend on the retailer. No, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Okay. okay. So um, I used to live. I used to live stream on Fridays. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was always Johnny on the spot with the hot Black Friday live stream. Right. Right. And I was the week beforehand. We were scouring for details. I think I even did one in the middle of the week to let people know about Black Friday. You should do that again. Well, <laughs> let me finish answering the question. The last time I did it, I think there was a 7300 that was $1,000. Oh. There was a 7100. I think the lowest I've seen a 7100 was like $600, potentially lower than that. I think it was actually in the high fives. And the FDA 91 was also on sale. I believe that I bought my Yesu F91 at a uh, F91 on a Black Friday sale at uh, Ham Radio Outlet. What changed, you asked? And they were actually good deals. COVID. They don't have enough radios to sell for Christmas. COVID, COVID slash uh, parts shortages something else the panoramic has stolen from straight us. up just like soup plantation straight up <laughs> black fridays completely fundamentally changed in 2020 wow yeah um in fact nathan go back and, okay oddly enough right people will like pull up old magazines like ham radio magazines from like 20 years ago and then they'll look at the price and be like oh my god could you imagine like paying this one oh my god the price of gas so crazy 20 you know like yeah. that kind of thing right mm -hmm. you can literally go back to my 2019 2018 live streams on black friday and you can look at the prices and go wow like literally wow i would buy that right now if that was the price what great bargains i'm telling you I talked about it in a video. Uh, it was actually, I think I did a Black Friday video on 2020 or 2021 where I played clips of myself from the 2019 show, showing <laughs> the prices back then going, what's going on, guys? And that was, uh, that was my first inclination that we were going to have huge shortages. So it sounds like what Nathan needs to do to get this discount radio is... To go ahead and petition President Biden to yes. implement the DPA. One, have women start producing more babies so that we have more workers to make more radios. Yeah. <laughs> and then petition the earth to produce more silicon for the chips, that the, the silicon yes. shortage that mm -hmm, we have, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Um, we obviously, we also need to petition the moon for more helium. That's a thing we got to do. That's a big shortage. This is a very sad shortage. So much so. The saddest balloons in history will be in our future. <laughs> People have already started selling reusable balloons that have sticky things on the top. So you can just stick it to your ceiling oh, without helium. So sad. It is so sad. Just, I mean, just use the paper fans or something. Like decorate with something else. Fan? <laughs> don't don't what make is it a paper fan. And how does it compare to a floating majestic balloon? You know, the um those decorations that are like flat like a, a fan and then you like pull it out into a circle and they're cut into different shapes. And then you get a bunch of them and yeah. you layer them. Mm -hmm. Just use those. 
they're it's horrible. They're reusable and they're not supposed to float. Don't deceive children into thinking they have floating balloons and then when they yank one down, it falls to the ground in sadness. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, good question. Fantastic question. I, I have been uh, thoroughly disappointed by Black Friday and it's all a byproduct of everything we've been going through, man. I don't know that that will. And you know what the saddest part is? I don't know that it's ever going to change. I don't know that that's going to change sure. for decades. Decades? Yeah. You think it's going to take decades to recover the production of radios? The The reality is demand has not decreased. It's only gone up. Right. To counteract a shortage of a domino effect type nature, it's going to take a very long time. A very long time. Oh, you look so sad. No, it's I, I. It's just I'm. I'm thinking just total capitalism, right? The complexities of the goods that we're talking about, and us being. I'm not going to say the top of the pecking order. We're going to lose out to cell phones and computer manufacture and everything else. All of that's going to come before uh, ham radio. I'm not saying we're not going to get any. I'm just saying that there's no good reason why the companies need to lower prices on anything. The 7300 has gone up in price. Most radios have gone up in price, and I just don't see it coming down. So that's why videos like, you know, the best radio you can buy right now and the reviews we're making are even more valuable because our money is going, it's not going as far as it used to. Right. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, hope that answered your question, Nathan. We're leaving the voicemail annex. Starting to climb on up. On this first level, this email is called Ham Club Meetings Don't Have to Be Boring. And this is from Patrick. Hi, Josh and Leia. I'm a bit late in responding to the October 28th episode, but I just want to comment about the discussion around ham clubs potentially going by the wayside. Mm -hmm. I've been super fortunate that my local ham club, Rally Amateur Radio Society, has Raleigh. several to Raleigh. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> has several types of meetings to cater to everyone. There are still the monthly Zoom meetings and the in-person dinners, but we recently added an additional monthly hack day. We string together a couple of HF antennas outside and have a get on the air station for newcomers and even have gear on hand to build a ground plane antenna or make a short coax cable. It's really just a big show and tell to talk about what cool stuff we're doing with radio. That's awesome. Love it. That's so, so many things. As the stereotypical busy millennial dad you mentioned, these are the first club meetings I've attended in my three years being licensed. As one of my local hams has said at chess club, you play chess you, at shooting clubs, you shoot targets. At ham clubs, you listen to lectures. <laughs> <laughs> so to anyone else getting uh, stuck wanting fun gatherings, but only getting boring Zoom meetings, why not both? We managed to get a fairly diverse crowd at ours, so I'd encourage trying it out at your club too. Well, I mean, to, to, to rebut the you go to a chess club to play chess, because yes. you need another person. <laughs> when you go to a shooting club, it's because they got the targets. Right. And it's at a shooting gallery. Okay. You can do ham radio at home. But you don't you... need a club. The reason why you go to a club is to get help. 
to understand right. things about the Which hobby. Which is why Hack Day works so well. Yes. Yeah. As well as lectures. I, I'm not taking anything away from the lectures. I've learned a lot from, from watching and listening to lectures. That's true. We I don't want to get rid of that. I, I don't think we get rid of that, but we definitely should also add days like this where we, we challenge people to build something. And I will tell you that our local Rod and Gun Club, their mm -hmm. monthly meeting actually includes a speaker. <laughs> so they are. Yeah. In addition to the shooting events they do. They the do shooting... shooting events, but then the club meetings are usually a talk. Right. In that right. club. Yeah. So, I mean... And for a club, it, it totally makes sense, right? Like you meet for club purposes, mm -hmm. but then you've also got to have events that are what your hobby is about. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Patrick signs off. Patrick, KS4PE. Thank you so much, Patrick. And that's uh, a, a very helpful. Maybe other people in ham clubs can glean some, uh, something to revive their shrinking clubs and turn Please them into do. growing clubs. Yes. Yeah. Please do. The next email is titled Augustin Farms, Radio Laptops, and Talking About the Plan. And this is from Aaron. Okay. Hey, team. I'm glad to hear that you're changing up the format of the podcast. I don't understand how you lasted as long as you did producing such a lengthy boondoggle. Mm -hmm. I also like that in classic HRCC style, it's already back up over three hours. What a roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, it's just down for us. It's down to one day. It's still one day for yeah. us, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the, the biggest thing, actually. Yeah. You mentioned the Augustin Farms powdered eggs last week. I just want to say that I'm actually a big fan of these. Note that they come in two varieties, the scrambled eggs that Leia mentioned and another, I guess, unscrambled egg. I don't know how. That, what, what is Like they're just like freeze dried eggs that you reconstitute. I don't. I am. Uh, I'm not OK with any of this. <laughs> the scrambled ones are definitely better. Yeah, as opposed to what? <laughs> the unscrambled shelf stable. <laughs> Dehydrated egg. Is it just like whole eggs that they have dehydrated? I don't know. I have to that look up this other one now. That is frightening. <laughs> that's, that's a crime against humanity. Oh, but... at least chickens. <laughs> like, no. Okay. That's not okay. I really like them for camping as I don't worry about the whole eggs bouncing around and breaking in my vehicle. And it also helps free up space in the refrigerator for beer. Yes. Beer. Sure. As far as radio laptops go, the CF20 Toughbook is the perfect machine, in my opinion. It's rugged. It's water resistant. It's also not nearly as bulky as other Toughbook models. It can be a tablet. It can be a laptop, a real laptop, not a flaccid facsimile like the Surface Go. I like it. With both batteries, one in the tablet and one in the keyboard, it easily runs over 10 hours. As mentioned with other machines, you can get a 12-volt cigarette plug charging adapter for it. I also recently picked up a USB-C to coaxial uh, plug boost converting cable that mm -hmm. that, that reports and uh, most useful to me, automatic time synchronization for JSB. Oh, cool. 
Last but not least, because it has a magnesium chassis, you always have one sweet bun of fire starter on hand in case of emergencies. I picked mine up. Scrape the magnesium off of it. Very good. (laughs) I picked mine up for under 500. Yes, that's significantly more than 60. But I feel the value you get is worth it. Your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the Toughbook C2. That's another one that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the one I have. It's it's literally. Was the... that the smoky one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had to ozone it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Josh, you mentioned. CFC2. Sorry. CFC2. Okay. Josh, you mentioned not telling people about a thing until the thing was done because people because when people talk to other people about their plans, it decreases the chance of getting it completed because they get the mental quote unquote payoff Mm -hmm. from the discussion. I have to disagree though. About a year ago when I decided to move wrong. (laughs) About a year ago when I decided to move from Washington to Nevada, I had little in the way of a plan specific destination or anything else. I just knew I needed a change. The uncertainty would have made it easy not to do. Six months post-move, I'm still somewhat surprised that I followed through. But one of the things that helped me follow through was having told everyone about my plan. It pushed me to keep on the path because if I didn't, I would be that guy that talks about doing something and in the end doesn't. My cent and a half. You know, I I agree with you. There, there are ex- upset exceptions to what i said yeah like if you tell people i want to lose a bunch of weight yes hold me accountable mm-hmm. sure sure actually it doesn't always work in that scenario either but in terms of Sometimes moving times it does i i okay guys we got to speak in generalizations here or we're going to be back well up over three hours again <laughs> you got to let me slide on some things like most of the time if you give away your plans like if you're gonna if you keep if you want to write a book Write the damn book. Don't tell right. people you're going to write a book. And I don't mean like, and I, I, I could spend I could spend a ton of minutes like whittling this down to the point. Like if you say I'm going to make a YouTube channel, make a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. If you want to start rebuilding a car, just start rebuilding the car, right? right? If you want to do um, replace the hardwood floor in your home, like do it yourself, start doing it, right? Because here's the thing. No one is going to do it for you. Right. And anytime you talk about it, you're robbing yourself of the, the, the mental dopamine dump of you doing it. Right. Moving out of state, sure, you could undermine yourself by not talking about it. But guess what? You could still probably also get a benefit by not telling people about it and just doing it. Sure. Right. All right. But I, I don't disagree with you. Just still. Well, Aaron signs off. Wow. Well, that ended up being longer than I anticipated. No. Hope you still have some butts left to hold on to. Oh, yeah. 73 Aaron N1 AGK. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, thank you, Aaron, for your email and for telling me about Augustine unscrambled eggs. I I've got to look into it now. I I just I don't know what it means, you know? don't know i'm looking it up right now i want to find these other eggs no joke dried whole egg powder what What does that mean show me show me what is it what is dried whole egg powder i don't know it's literally pictures of eggs it's not 
Scrambled eggs, it is literally pictures of whole eggs. And it says, whole egg. What is... And How I'm is looking, it a powder, though? Uh, is an inexpensive source of high-quality protein, extended shelf life of 10 years, easy to always have eggs on hand, in addition to being convenient food. Is it like egg salad? Cooking. You just rehydrate it and then you can make egg salad? I don't know. Um, now I have to buy it. Simply add the powder to other recipe ingredients to increase it. Oh, I think this is like a a, a food ingredient for baking. It's it's like the egg additive versus the scrambled eggs is like what you eat on oh, its own. Oh, okay. It's like how you add egg into a, a dish. I see. Okay. Great. That makes complete sense. I mean, I don't know that's any good, but there you go. Okay, so the next email reads, message number two that won't get read aloud, but please read, Leia. Well, you're in luck, Shar. <laughs> Reading. Hello, thank you for your kind encouragement after my first email. Beautiful girl, I just know how to take a photo. No, uh, Charlene's beautiful. This is... <laughs> Her selfie is close up at eye level. <laughs> like she, That's no joke. For my license, I will keep trying. I found a localish club. Yes, my brother-in-law is a ham, but he works crazy hours and has a young autistic daughter that needs to be his priority right now. Mm -hmm. And they are having a ham fest tomorrow. Awesome. I hope it's a great time. That was the 30th of October. What? That's, this email is from this week just so everybody knows i didn't pull He's from just rubbing the it in that we didn't halloween, the... halloween okay archive. right yeah imagine my surprise that they are having the ham fest the same day my daughter from iowa gets in from the weekend and we have a very packed family day they're going to have some classes in february though so that's exciting she asked oh. me take me somewhere unforgettable father so it took her to a ham fest <laughs> I wanted to touch base on the common core math subject. Mm. I can understand where it's going. I can see it and I think it's great. However, my children being marked wrong on a question when they got the right answer because the answer they wanted was an estimation fries me. It, it, it fried them as well and gave them a hatred for math. Oh, that is unfortunate our school also does this ixl math program on the computer uh that every question they miss makes them <laughs> takes them 10 points back and they can't quit until they reach a certain point average it has my kids in tears i feel like they're headed to the right place with math would they be way better off teaching us how it's done than showing us shortcuts and it will click or letting us use the way that clicks while still teaching other ways that if we pick up something easier, useful, cool, but not forcing it down anyone's throat. Okay, so I actually pay for IXL. They use it at school, mm -hmm. but I pay for IXL for the kids to be able to use it at home. Mm -hmm. The way that IXL works, and one of the reasons that the schools use it, is because it is this multiple choice, um, like standardized testing. Mm -hmm. So not only are they testing the kids on their ability to do this particular skill, mm -hmm. but it's also preparing them for how they will be tested for it. Sure. Right. Which I don't love, but I understand schools have to meet certain 
testing numbers to show that they've taught students, right? And if the kids are just bombing the test because they have no how, idea. That is their oil stick. Right. Whether <laughs> yeah. the, the knowledge is being transferred. Now, IXL will take you all the way through until you get to a hot zone, which is like the you gotta the take questions the test while you have oncoming <laughs> fire. You have to take cover while taking a math test. No, it's like it's the last ten questions, I think, mm -hmm. and they ramp up in hardness. Okay. And then if you get one wrong, it kicks you back to the beginning of the ten. So you could literally continually be working on this, like Shar's saying, mm -hmm. where... You, and you're in the hot zone. You, th you thought you were done, but because you got one wrong in that ramped up section, you you could end up doing 50 more problems. Does it not tell you immediately when it happens? Like yeah. You get through the 10? You actually, it, there's a progress bar. To show you how far you get into, and then there's like a certain zone, mm -hmm. and then you progress through the zone, and then if you get one wrong, you start back at the but beginning immediately of the zone. when you get one wrong immediately. Oh, okay, immediately. Okay. So it's it's like you feel like you're going forward, and suddenly you're constantly getting just kicked way back, just somebody shoving you to the back of the line again. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's supposed to be painful. Because that's what kids love. Well, I think it's supposed to be painful so that they know that when it counts, mm -hmm. they need to be able to get it done. Because you can go through a multiple choice test. And like the kids now, they take so many tests online that there are daily quick checks, basically, to see if they got it. And teachers don't really put much credence in quick checks. They're five questions. Okay. Right? So a lot of kids just start to learn that, Oh, this is just how I do my work, whether it's like homework mm -hmm. or anything else. It doesn't matter. The, I think there's also a point to be made. And, and I mean, Shar, you can clarify, but I think I got it. Um, your kids might be old enough to where they existed in math before Common Core was there. And then they had to kind of relearn or subtly modify what they already experienced. Yeah. Because he mentioned they were frustrated by the having to estimate thing. Instead well, of just having the answer. Well, it, it was probably the estimation module. They were trying to teach estimation. Well, but I'm assuming that they already had an understanding of how to solve the problem right. beforehand. Right. They walked in knowing the math. Our kids, however, have not walked in knowing the math. They walked into Common Core. No, I mean, Ben's, Ben has like a number I, of I'm issues not, don't with argue Common with me. Core. Don't argue with me. I'm saying if you already had a, a sixth grader right. that knew math. Sure. And now they have to switch to Common Core or whatever. That's going to be a, a transition, a painful sure, transition sure. versus starting it fresh. Right. Our kids, one or two years is still completely fresh. Well, I, I know exactly what Char's saying, though. Okay. Because there Do are... Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're okay. saying. Okay. I just... I understand what Char is saying. Okay. In that there are certain lessons where they want to know that you have mastered the method they don't care about the answer. Okay. I'm good. So I'm good on Common Core. Okay. <laughs> we've we've talked enough. There's let's get to some ham radio emails. All right. I completely agree, agree about Scout's comments from Josh that kids have no fear of authority and that it's just a little willy-nilly. You would have been really proud of the meeting today. Those kids sat and were quiet. Okay. 
it was the one time I don't go. They rearranged the seating. Okay. They did them in, um, they weren't lined up towards the front. Mm -hmm. They were lined up um, horizontally instead of vertically. Uh, they were parallel to the stage. Okay. So it was like. Good. Yeah. So I think that changed a lot. Yes. That should have helped. And everybody was uniformed. Everybody was in Disheveled, the uniform. but yes, uniform. <laughs> uh, there were like probably three new kids that weren't uniform, but everybody else was already in their uniform. Mm -hmm. um, I was never a scout as a kid, but my husband was, and he will attest to the fact that the groups are not really run anything like they used to be. Nope. I'm not sure they could keep kids in them if they actually expected work of them. <laughs> Our daughter is actually very much hoping not to recharter because it's just too boring for her. Oh no. It's uh, uh it has shifted, I'm sure, because those kids are not afraid of anything anymore. <laughs> Moving on to the newer podcast, love the format, though I struggle with the questions being first, not in the right brain space for them to be first. <laughs> on to the ponchos. Is that list auto-generated? I feel like you said that. My professional opinion is that they list ponchos in preparedness. So when the whole of the U.S. wants ponchos for outdoor summer concerts, it makes them look uber important. Nah, man, we just want to rock out and be dry. <laughs> I could have used a poncho, actually, <laughs> this when? week when I was at Porto's and I didn't have an umbrella and it was it was raining so hard. It felt like rain standing I, in a shower. I was literally jacketed up. I had jacket and rain shell. And I asked you, do you want me to pull the car around? I will go get the car. And you're like, nah, man. I'm just going to go. And I'm like, dog, it's raining really hard. Yeah. It was raining cats and dogs. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. <laughs> Uh, cool stuff. My cousin's boy found a ham shack in the woods. I contacted the local group with some pics because it's abandoned. While I really want to go raid it, I'm being good. Yay me. I'm going to finish listening about computers in the outdoors now. Have a great week, Char. Mm. Thank you so much, Char. That's uh, many, uh, many things to agree on. Yeah. But I want pictures. Oh yeah, this, you should have sent those pictures. This abandoned ham what shack. What the heck? What the heck? Shark? If it's if it's abandoned, I would have gone in just to see what was in it. Like were there radios still there? Like you didn't have to take them out. Like you, you could. My first thought wasn't immediately to rob the joint. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you know it was abandoned and not just like decrepit? Right. With with somebody who was living. Well, there was a skeleton. <laughs> hunched over the radio do you know where the james reserve is in irvine no what it's an ecological reserve in irvine no well our friend jennifer uh-huh she does house sitting on the weekends okay and she has a lot of friends that happen to be scientists and the most recent house she sat was a log cabin in the james reserve that was completely isolated in Irvine? Yes. Irvine what? is a, it's a massive, massive city, actually, that's not fully developed. What? And they carved out ecological reserves within Irvine that, given enough urban sprawl, will no longer be reserved. <laughs> given enough time, that too must go. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> when you said urban sprawl, I thought you said Irvin sprawl. And I'm like, is that what they call it in Irvine? <laughs> Irvin? <laughs> Irvin sprawl? Oh, interesting. The next email is titled, My Slow Start Ham Story. I'm going to have to preface this. Uh, Greg says that he had sent this and it wasn't read. Okay. I'm going to read it now because he also has a follow-up. Mm-hmm. It's titled, My Slow Start Ham Story. Mm -hmm. Greetings. Okay. I found HRCC a couple of weeks ago while on my second dive down the rabbit hole of amateur radio. Well, welcome. Welcome to you months ago. Thank you for uh, listening slash watching. I've enjoyed listening and would like to thank you for all the time you've invested in producing a great show. I thought I would share my ham story with you. Okay. Eight years ago, I got involved with my local CERT. After completing their training, all of us newly minted CERT members were encouraged to take an amateur radio prep class hosted by one of our fellow CERT members. Once a week for six weeks, we met for a couple of hours to learn about radio and work through the test questions. At the end of class, I took the test and passed my technician. Congratulations. Congratulations. Our instructor recommended that we get a UV B5 HT and program them with our local CERT repeater. So I did just that. For the next few weeks, I would turn on my radio for the Sunday night nets our local CERT hosted. And due to mic fright, I remained silent and ultimately stopped listening. Oh, no. And forgot about ham radio completely. Oh. Eight years later. A former... Eight years later. <laughs> A former co-worker sent me a text message saying he remembered me telling him about ham radio and that he and his boys were studying for the technician test. He wanted to, <clears throat> a recommendation on what HT to buy and I was, and was hoping I could help him program then. I agreed to help and then ran to the garage and pulled out the UVB5 out of its cradle. I tried turning it on to make sure I could remember how to program it. Nope dead battery after a minute on amazon i had a new battery for the uv5b and a uv5r ordered the uv5r is what i told my buddy to get i know i'm sorry no it's fine yeah it's great yeah the need to freshen up on my ham knowledge before helping my friend sparked ham radio rabbit hole deep dive 2.0 for the last three weeks, I have been reviewing the technician's questions, taking practice tests, researching radios, antennas, repeaters, GMRS, DMR, and hotspots. Mm -hmm. During oh, my, my. <laughs> during my deep dive, I stumbled upon several of Josh's YouTube videos and the HRCC podcast. Okay, while listening to hours of the podcast. Josh's enthusiasm for the hobby and DIY spirit of amateur radio reignited my interest in ham radio. Excellent. This past weekend, I programmed an Anytone AT-D878-UVII+, and configured <laughs> plus, a... Plus, plus, Q7. <laughs> LGBTQIA. Ampersand. Plus... <laughs> uh, and configured a homebrew DMR hotspot using one of my old Raspberry Pi 3's MMDVM hotspot board and Pi Star. Nice. Once everything was up and running, I am proud to say I made my first ever contact and proceeded to make half a dozen more with hams in New York, 
New Jersey, Michigan, South Carolina, and Washington. Next week, I will be helping my buddy get his radios programmed. Hopefully their ham story doesn't get off to a slow start like mine did. <laughs> Eight years. I mean, at least you did it before the decade, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks again for all of your content and getting me back into ham radio. Well, Greg, you're welcome. Thank you for watching. KG7 PSL. P.S. Planning for my general this winter. Um, and I can explain to you, Greg, why this email wasn't read mm -hmm. when you first sent it. Yes, explain and it, Greg. it is because of your display name. Your display name says service sign up. <laughs> I assumed it was spam. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Let, you, let me tell you about my ham journey. Yeah. Would you like ham? Ham is good. <laughs> Would you like ham AI service? AI created emails. Ham service is good for ham. Operator. <laughs> Operate on ham. Tasty ham delicious. Well, Greg has a follow-up. Hey, Josh and Leah, I thought I would send up a follow-up email to my previous email, the one that didn't make the cut even before the new show format. <laughs> Last weekend, I passed my general exam. Ooh. Congratulations. The AI is learning. <laughs> and I am starting to dip my toes in the HF world. Speaking of AI, somebody in the podcast channel of uh -huh. the HRCC Discord said the guy who was building a Western town out in the desert mm -hmm. and uh, invited you to come out and shoot things. Mm -hmm. Was this a Westworld thing? <laughs> and I didn't even Is this Westworld or not? <laughs> he said I had to take a train to get there. What? <laughs> I don't know. I thought I could just drive. <laughs> My car does off-road. <laughs> He insisted I had to get into a futuristic train, though. <laughs> I need to tell him about my personality preferences. <laughs> Man, I I lost the West World when when the robot started coming out of yeah, the West World. I, I was like, I don't know what we're even doing anymore. I I, I, I it lost me. I think yeah. I didn't lose it. It went off in its own like. <laughs> It's, it feels like you're walking with like a pet and you decide <laughs> to take the leash off for a moment. And it's just like, Pow! like takes off. That's what Westworld was like. Just gone. Just gone. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's because I don't watch anything fully paying attention unless I'm sitting down and watching it with you. Mm -hmm. I am a TV noise in the background. You don't even fully pay attention when you're watching. with I me. absolutely do. You I love you the, so much. You are such a liar. I, I enjoy sharing you are such these a liar. with you. I, I think I look over at your face to see if you're paying attention more than I watch the movie at this point. Because you are not paying attention. You're I am. on your phone. We watched House you're, of Dragons, remember? That you did watch. I yeah. will I will give you credit. You uh -huh. did watch that. But there are so many things I've put on that you are just not watching not watching here's my thing i here's don't thing. like shows that really build up quite a few questions mm -hmm. and then just keep building questions this is literally what lost it to you <laughs> this is you cannot answer my question with a question tv show 
knock it off, like close some stuff up so that it starts making sense. I'm going to go ahead and say objection. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just sustain every objection I make or overruled every objection I make. A manifest is doing this a little bit. Because it's lost. They, they have... It's lost in a plane that, that didn't crash. I made Josh watch Manifest the other night because they started talking about ultra low frequency. I, I, and I and I realized after I'm like, I could have just slept. This is not okay. The first thing the guy said. There's you a were, reason why I stopped watching that show. The first thing you were like, no, that's true. Yeah. Ultra low frequency is true, but there's not voices hidden in it. It's there's it's uh, it's no, no. Aren't aren't voices hidden in the frequencies, Josh? No. So I'm on a more recent episode now because mm -hmm. I'm getting through the season, and then they have dubbed it the God frequency. U L F. No. The God frequency. <laughs> I don't want to hear anymore. It's cool. It's cool. All right. It's not cool. Well, Greg continues. I, I am starting to dip my toes in the HF world. Due to HOA restrictions, I will be limited to NFED half wave hanging from the eaves of my roof. I'm looking forward to building a QRP guy's antenna this weekend and getting that set up. Mm -hmm. My buddy, who planned on taking the exam with me, has made an excuse after excuse, so I took the test without him. <laughs> He was the guy that got you back yeah. in with the kid? Wow. That is uh, lots of men left behind. So that's not like, it, it was not the code of no man left behind. It was, it was like, you slow down, peace out. I'm going. I'm going to kick your ankle while you're down. <laughs> that's actually the policy on my channel. He started watching my film. It's all men left behind. Yeah. <laughs> if they slow down, we're moving. We got pagers and stuff to make ham radio on. We can't. We plan now to test in January for my extra and his technician. Wow. Well, I mean, there, there is a certain value in, in you moving forward and him being like, whoa, what happened here? Oh, what was all oh, this man. rose before ham radio thing? <laughs> oh, man, look at all the frequencies you got. Yo, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Save for frequencies for the rest of us. <laughs> the work. Oh, only the work bands are left. <laughs> That's like the fat girl. <laughs> Save for frequencies for the rest of us. It was a joke about. I get You it. know what I'm going with? It. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> you just went to some problematic. Yeah, that was a little problematic. I apologize. Yeah, I was <laughs> Like a, it's, the work bands are like a moped, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. They're a lot of fun to ride, but you wouldn't want your friends to see you doing it. <laughs> Why are you so mad at work all the time? I, I'm not. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm kidding. <laughs> Greg signs off. Thanks again for everything you do and creep up, keep up with the great content. Creep up. Guess <laughs> just creep up. Creep up on that content. <laughs> I got I can, you, I, can, <laughs> I got soft. I can go ahead and say I'm not creeping up on any content. It is just a lot of content. Yeah. It is a great value to us all. 73, Greg. 
Thanks so much, Greg. See, I read it. <laughs> the next email is titled Problem with Ham Radio Episode Feedbacks. Hmm. Water Bob Concerns, QRZ, and Radio Desert. And this oh, is... There's a <laughs> lot going on here. Yeah. This is from Anthony. Okay. Anthony. Hi, Leah and Josh. Longtime listener, first time writer. Well, welcome to much. the tower. Thank you. I, too, am one of the hams that was inspired by Josh and his videos to take up this hobby. I was able to flip the script on the restrictions and was able to study for my tech in 2020 and my general in 2021. Are you gonna? He did say study. You didn't say anything about passing. Did you? <laughs> I'll give him the second one. You better have earned it. Yeah. Or you're gonna have to call in and give it back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to play it in reverse. Play it in reverse. That's it. I have some feedback on the water bob. You may recall that we had ice in here in Texas last February. Mm -hmm. We were told that services would be interrupted and I decided to break out the water bob that I had purchased from Amazon okay. and use it to store some water. While it was easy enough to assemble and fill up the tub, getting the water out was another matter entirely. I thought that's where they have that pump. Here's the problem. Okay. How does one get the water out if the water and the one gallon container are effectively at the same level and the water has to go over the side of the tub? With a pump. The siphoning was not working no, the, at all. The siphon, a siphon will not work. You have to. There's a there's a hand pump that comes along with it. And I had to continue to pump the bulb to get the water out. If there was a closed loop with a vacuum, then the hand pump would have worked great. Except the pump stopped working after filling the first bottle. So I wound up cutting the plastic and getting the water out that way with a cop. What? What's a cop? A cup. Oh, Did his cop friend come over? Only law enforcement can do this. That's once, it. Once you, cut a water. you need another three-letter gentleman. <laughs> you cut the bomb. Now you need a cop. Because that's a crime. That's, that's, that's right. Yeah. Perhaps I screwed up somehow. Perhaps I got a bad product. Either way, this was a one-time use item. Oh yeah, it's it's it, you, that's it. And it would be prudent to have some extra hand pumps that you have tested out and trust. That is a good tip. I, I'm pretty sure Broken the way pump. you're supposed to use it, and I could be totally wrong, is that you're supposed to press the air out of it, and then that's the that creates the siphon. So you might have had a leak somewhere. All right. Regarding QRZ and or living in a radio quote unquote desert, mm -hmm. I live in the Texas Hill Country and a number of hams are far and few between. Sure. My nearest ham club is about an hour or more drive away. Mm -hmm. So I was very thrilled to see a truck with a custom license plate with a call sign and I was able to write it down. I looked, uh, I looked them up on QRZ and got the email and sent an email off. Mm -hmm. I was pleased to get an email back from that ham, mm -hmm. but I don't believe we'll be able to connect using my HT. Okay. Well, you're a general now. Yeah. As Josh said, the reality is that my ham radio experience would be materially better if I had an HF rig. And that's what I'm going to do. Good for you. I am of the buy once, cry once mentality, and I think the Yesu 991 will be what I plan on getting uh, once I get the money saved up for the radio and all of its accoutrements. So 
so hear me out on the buy once, cry once mentality. All right. What if you bought like twice, but you only had to buy it like once? What? Okay. <laughs> what? So hear me out. The problem, sometimes people with the buy once, cry once mentality think that if I get all the things shoved into one box and I'm only buying that one box, I'm done. Right. No. The 991 is an older radio now. Plus, it's an all-in-one radio. So all-in-one radio and ham radio, everybody answer for me. It means that it does everything just Medioc okay. Yeah, Medioc it's just okay. Yeah. The 991, I will say, is, is not a great radio. It's a good radio, not a great radio. If you would like a great radio, if you would like to really, really, really be competent on HF, look at the new FT710 or my favorite, in the Yesu line, the FTDX10. The FTDX10 is phenomenal. Then get yourself a VHF UHF radio, a separate radio. That way, if any one of those radios goes down, you don't lose everything. Mm. It's very good, particularly in his case, because he's kind of, it sounds like he's a little bit remote to have somewhat of a redundancy solution right. going on, right? So, I'm I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of the 991. It's I've it's never attracted me. I've used it. I've not enjoyed it. Um, there are newer radios on the market that that do a better job than it, particularly on H. How much is the 991? Twelve hundred dollars. Actually, probably like closer to thirteen now. What are two radios that are dedicated that could come close to the functionality and price? Well, you're not, he, again, he said he's a buy once, cry once person, so he wants something good. Uh, an FTDX10 is HF only. It's $1,400. Okay. okay. The 710 just came out. That's 1200 I assume the price is going to go down by Christmas time to about 1100 uh, And then the VHF, UHF radio, sky's the limit. You can go with uh, any number of the Yesu radios in the mobile form factor that's going to run you $500 and less down to $300. You can go with Kenwood, Icom, any of them are going to be good mobile radios. Mm. There are a numerous amount of like mobile VHF, UHF radios that you could use. Now, you won't have single sideband on VHF, UHF, but again, he's somewhat remote, so he's probably not going to be rocking a bunch of single sideband because there's not a bunch of single sideband hams in his area is my guess. All right. So make sure you keep in mind too is generally how many hams will be in your area if there's just not that many hams that you can actually make contacts with on vhf uhf well then just go straight hf get yourself a really nice ftdx10 and and love life get go nuts all right well anthony signs off thanks anthony in the hill country ki5 igx that's kilo india 5 india x-ray golf who oh, buddy that's, that's um that's a CW load right there. <laughs> well, hopefully we helped answer your questions and uh, I do like X-ray though. It's good uh, phonetic alphabet. All right, letter. we're back on you holding grudges against letters. Yeah, no, that one that one also bothers me. No, actually, <laughs> I I'm okay with X because that's a da did it da, okay. da did it da. Again, if you if if the letters are honest and they give you the da up front, I'm much more. It's when they trick you with the like yeah. get up front and then they mm -hmm. give you a bunch of daws. So which rude. sucks because J. J is like the worst. It's dit da da da. So rude. J's the rudest. Be more like B. 
Yeah. Da did it did. <laughs> right? Okay. Freaking J. The, that's like the first letter of your name. Too. I know. <laughs> What's L like? Did da did it. That's nice. That's rhythmic. That's yeah. a great. That's actually the like one of the most rhythmic. Um, there's also did it da did. Rhythm is a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, did it da did is F. Also pretty good. Okay. I like F. Da da did R. Da 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 K. This is like so that fun. Yeah. This is great. That one's cool. I'm good the with that. next. W though pisses me right off. It always has. Da da. <laughs> Be more like D. Da did it. <laughs> the little brother of B. That's... That we already talked about. I bet you people could learn Morse code <laughs> just from me ranting about the Morse code characters. If I just went through all of them, like A, da da, great, <laughs> all right, keep going, da 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 da, B, solid, good, C, da 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 da. I think it would help me okay, tremendously too. if I understood the logic of how they assigned the. Uh, generally, uh, the argument was okay. So this is this is what I believe the historical argument is: is that Morse went to a printing press and Ooh. said. What letters do you blow through the fastest? And those okay. are the letters that have the lowest CW weight. Okay. E, dit. T, da. Okay. A, da, da. N, da, dit. Okay. Right. But I mean, everything after that, when you get into the multiple dits, Z, da, did it, da. Z, da, da, did it. Right. Huh. Okay. And then numbers have a cascading up and down effect. Okay. So it's dit da 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 one, did it da 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 two. You get to five, did it did it did. Six is da did it did. I see. Did 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 did. And then zero is da 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 da. Da da da. That is a stylophone in it. I'm pretty sure. No, it's a Casio Casio tone. I think. The next email is titled Laptop Brightness. Yeah, okay. I was just listening to the problems Josh mentioned with the laptop screen brightness and field radio use. Now I see why there are so many ponchoed mentioned, ponchos mentioned That's in the it. preparedness corner. That's it. Just use a laptop and radio while huddled under a poncho. When you're in, <laughs> under in a rainstorm and you must compute, must make computes of. Keep the podcast coming, 73. And that's from Zachary. Thank you so much, Zachary. I think you're right. I think you nailed it. The next email is titled FT710. And this is from Tony in Alabama. Or we maybe Florida. Or maybe Florida. What, where was he from? Alabama. Or maybe Florida. The way he said that. Yes. <laughs> Josh and Leia. Okay. I will keep this short. I bought the FT710. While I find the aesthetics of the radio, the main dial is very loose, it seems to me. I believe this radio will be the radio that ICOM users hate to love, or at least that they hate to admit they love it. I've had the IC7200, the IC7100, and the IC7300 in the past 10 years, mm -hmm. and I've enjoyed those radios. Mm -hmm. I use the 7300 in the shack, and even with headphones, I have never been satisfied with the audio. 
the audio on the 710 is a world apart. I'm hearing distant stations with much better noise rejection. Disregard all the hoopla about it being difficult to set up for FT8. I got mine done in about 45 seconds using the M0 OXB videos. The waterfall is exceptional and the ability to check the cleanliness of your signal on the oscilloscope is a wonderful feature for digital. This has moved the 7300 to my POTA radio and the 7100 to the Florida QTH permanently. I would have designed the Yesu interface differently, but I can't argue with the quality of the radio. It, that is literally what everybody says about Yesu. Yeah. It's the interface. I don't like the interface, but dang on it, that's a good radio. Okay. Imagine, if you will, you're doing anything that you care about, right? And you see someone and they come out with the thing that no one has ever done before or is definitely something new in the market and completely upsets the the apple cart if you will and then you spend the next five years making a competitor to the thing they made and then you release it it's going to be improved upon the first thing sure that hasn't changed that is the ft710 that is it okay they took the 7100 and they made their version of it after five years of developing improvements with technology increases and changes. I am not taking anything away from Yesu in this statement. That is literally what happened. Of course they're going to make a better radio. If if ICOM did that, how do we know they're not doing that? I don't know. I have no insider information. They're also going to come out with a better radio as a byproduct, right? So I... I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I, I said the same thing on my live stream. It's like, dude, the 7300 is five years old. Right. You know? And Tony signs off AD0DQ. That's Tony in Alabama or maybe Florida when you read this. Who knows? It's getting colder. And if you don't know, Anthony is on YouTube, a JD, a lawyer, explains. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the videos when... He's done a video with me. Yeah. He's been on my channel. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. That's why he's got to be so cagey with where his... <laughs> That's... I don't know why. I, I actually don't know why. Could be that. here. Could be there. Could, I, you don't know. I think that Tony goes where it's warm. Mm, smart man. Yeah. Smart man. Maybe mm -hmm. I lost my radio in a boating accident. <laughs> along with my FFA items. <laughs> the next email is titled, Welcome Back. And this is from Ryan. Dear Leah and Josh, after a few months sabbatical from listening to most podcasts and other social media, I just wanted to drop a quick note to welcome you both back into my chaotic yet amusing life. We're glad to be there I, again. I like that. That's yeah. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us in. The rest from... Social... We're like vampires, though, so ha-ha, <laughs> sucker. You <laughs> welcome us in. Hey, it's shorter now. Yeah. <laughs> Suck your blood faster. The... Suck your time. We're time vampires. <laughs> what we are. But it doesn't benefit us with more time at all. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. The rest from social media was good and allowed me to unplug. What from... is this rest of social media you speak of? <laughs> what What is this concept? You can just stop? I wasn't aware this is something a person could do. I'm perplexed. 
Are you just going to keep I on? thought that we made an arrangement when you signed up. <laughs> you were posting every week <laughs> with a live stream on Saturdays. Oh, isn't it neat? <laughs> we really need those songs back, Nathan and Doug. Just... Yeah, we're on our own. We're just ad hocing music right now. And allowed me to unplug from much of the world and recharge my mind and body. I highly recommend it as a yearly maintenance requirement for everyone. Vacations work as well. So as long as you unplug from online life. I have a quite a, a, quite a bit of driving ahead of me this weekend. And I'll be taking you two along for the ride. You should have scheduled that two months ago. <laughs> Podcasts are short now. Don't worry, it's a full-size Chevy Silverado Duramax diesel truck with all the creature comforts, including leather seats and a gr and a great and entertaining I thought driver. you were going to say a grill. <laughs> that is fully loaded, Mike. Whoa! <laughs> oh, wait, you will be providing the entertainment. Good deal. Anyway, I hope you both are doing well and the family is staying healthy. I'm looking forward to winter and ski season here in Colorado. Life is good. Also... Glad to see the last two podcasts are under three hours. I'm delighted you are taking my advice to keep things realistic time-wise, as you both have lives outside of this podcast and a family to raise. Oh, and regarding getting a minivan for Leia, don't do it. It's a trap. What? What? What is this? Whoa. No. There's a part two. Okay. Leia, if you insist upon a minivan, go with the Toyota Sienna. No, that's what tornadoes use. They have, they have been solid throughout the years, and they do offer an all-wheel drive version. The Honda Odyssey is from about from about 2014 to 2020 had some transmission failure issues, so research things carefully. Personally, you do better in a Tahoe or a Ford Explorer or a Dodge Durango. Well, you Durango. are Team Durango. Yeah, it's true. Maybe even a Toyota 4Runner or Highlander. I would love... No, Ryan, an I drive an SUV right now. A four-wheel drive Fully SUV. All mudded out, too. You got mud tires. You hate life. You hate I've got, it. I've, I've got the roof rack on it. I've got it's, all the things. I've got all Flood of the... Floodlights. You got everything. I've got bungee cords in it to hold so fishing... So many bungee cords. <laughs> fishing rods. So many budget. This is not my car. No, no, this is not. Yeah. I, I but okay. I just want a house on Play wheels. Up, okay. <laughs> but at the same time, when I met you mm -hmm. and when we started dating, mm -hmm. you just drove SUVs. You had an Infinity and then you had a Mercedes. Yeah. You've always had SUVs. Yeah. Those are creature comfort SUVs, not functional SUVs. Nobody's like, yeah, I'm going to go off roading in my. <laughs> my Mercedes SUV. My really, really heavy non four wheel drive <laughs> SUV. Yeah. Those are just like very large storage capacity vehicles. <laughs> yeah, th those are like SUVs that don't need to be SUVs. You know what right, I mean? Like right, they, yeah, they yeah, really yeah. don't. Like they just no needed purpose. to get over the 6,000 pound so weight limit. It's so yeah. ridiculous how we use vehicles. Like, it, yeah. The market for vehicles is crazy. But uh, anyway, I could I could go. But I'm, I'm going to stop. Go ahead. All right. Well, Ryan signs off. Cheers, Ryan. K0CTR. Well, we are so happy to have you back. 
And hopefully you have a big enough backlog for your for your travel. I'm not even against a Toyota Sienna, though. Why are you against a Sienna? It's not over 6,000 pounds. No. So I can't accelerate. They don't. You're telling me the all-wheel drive model is not over 6,000 pounds? You might want to look into that. All-wheel drives are always heavier than, than front wheel. I, I'm, they got more gears and bits. It's not there, man. I'm, oh, okay. All right. The next email is titled Amateur Radio Society. And this is from Douglas. Mm. As I hear more Dougs the coming. Society of, I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> the Secret Society of Amateur Radio. Instead of like the skull and crossbones, mm-hmm. it's like the antennas no there is a um there's a couple of those things in the secret radio. society but it's like a joke that checks out it uh they have like a turtles there's a it's a thing there's like a lapel pin that people wear mm-hmm. and it's this device that like you use it to you touch it to lids and it kills them <laughs> so it's larping <laughs> yeah lightning bolt lightning bolt uh no it <laughs> kills the radio though yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll have to figure it out. I don't remember. It's got a really dumb name. There's like two of them. I don't know. As I hear more Dougs coming into amateur radio, I was thinking of starting the Amateur Radio Society of Douglas. The two requirements for membership would be, one, be named Douglas in the first name. Two, be an amateur radio operator. The Arizona chapter will be the founding chapter. Other chapters to come, possibly even city chapters. Douglas, K-I-7-L-I-K. <laughs> what? Well, if you guys are interested in joining the Amateur Radio Society of Douglas, mm-hmm. you can uh, you can go ahead and hit up Douglas on wh- whatever his QRZ says. I, I bet you there's probably a way in the FCC like database that you can search for Doug. ham radio operators named Douglas. <laughs> Start there. (laughs) Somebody needs to do research to see what the most common name in ham radio is. I mean, I have big bets on Don. Why? Why? But it sounds like maybe Douglas. I do know a lot of Dons in ham radio. There's a lot. I mean, Don Wilbanks, ham Ham nation. Yeah. Obviously, Don and 5SKT. Mm -hmm. Talk to him every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don, smoking signals, smoke signals RF, Don, Mm -hmm. part of the Don army. Yeah. Don Egidio, Egidio, Egidio. I always screw up the Italian names. I'm yeah. so I'm so sorry, Don, if you're listening. Digilio. De, uh, who was Diglio? So De- Ray Novak told me he's like Josh. Your Italian name pronunciation is horrible. It's Here's true. the secret: you have to pronounce every vowel. That's the secret. What? Every you pronounce every vowel. What does that mean? Well, when you see an Italian name, so it's Di Egidio. That's it. Di Egidio. You okay. have to pronounce every vowel. Okay. Excellent. But now it's time. <gasps> Took it's me a the second. Final email. All right. And this email is titled A Quick Thank You. And this is from Brad. Well, hello there. Just a quick thank you. I was able to find my first HF radio, a FT-991A from the HRCC Discord swap page. Mm. Thank you to Richard K6RDJ. 
And I made my first HF contact. Thanks, Mike, at WC8 VOA Voice of America. Whoa. It made all that test taking worth it. All made possible by U2 and HRCC. 73, duh, Brad. K0, BRD. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I really do like the, the Discord buy, sell, trade system. Yeah. The way they have it. It's like mm -hmm. a forum mm -hmm. instead of Discord's, you know, bottom up, mm -hmm. like the, the newest poster at the bottom. The buy, sell, trade is from top down, and they're like little forum posts kind of. Nice. There's some pretty good deals in there. So actually, to the previous emailer who's looking for a 991 or anyone who's looking for an amateur radio, join us on the Discord and check out that buy, sell, trade page or join us on Facebook. It is really good. If it you is... don't do Discord and you're only on Facebook, there is an too. HRCC yeah. buy, sell, trade group. You have to join the primary group yes. before you join the other. Though. Yeah, or you'll just get kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. You will be rejected. Sorry. Bots yeah. and things. Yeah. That's Bad actors. Bad jerks. We call them jerks. Lids. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Randy thank you snatch? so much. Is it the Randy Snatch? What is a Randy Snatch? Something Snatch. All right. Well, today I taught my kids what the proper word for a behind is so that they would stop using the A word and they find the word buttocks way more entertaining. So, <laughs> buttocks. <laughs> That's what they were screaming in the car. I don't know. <laughs> don't you know? That's it. That's okay. it for the emails. All right. Well, um, everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. Lady, do you have anything you want to mention before we wrap it up? Yeah, just um, anybody who's going on that camping trip, make sure that Josh makes it home alive, okay? Well, I mean, that's why we did the live stream with Adam. What? It says, you know, so we don't die, I think was the tagline. Yeah, exactly. Let, let's not die was the was the thumbnail. That's a good plan. To just, you know, how, how do we not die going out there? Right. It's not going to be too cold, though. It's only going to be in the 40s. I mean, you know... I Really, I'm going to hold Adam responsible because he should be able to. He's the search and rescue guy, too. How yeah. how easy is his search going to be? <laughs> He's right here. He's in distress. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't do the the saving like the the medical saving though right no he, he just he, he, he just finds them and no, then actually takes he, he them out the, of the area he puts the wooden the little um tiny barrel around his neck and he runs up like a saint bernard <laughs> i you know what though i bet he felled a tree and played the, the woods <laughs> <laughs> and made the barrels that's right so <laughs> Well, everybody, thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73. It's time. Now everybody has to get on the train to leave. Get out. <laughs> Good night. Good night.